Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. So we're recording this on a Monday, uh, coming off the Oscars. Early, uh, early, yeah, and everyone's talking about one moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's no one not talking about, and this will be the case for all the next week or two on yeah. every talk show, The View and all of that. Um, I don't think anyone really needs our input or, or take on it, but um, I, did, you, I saw you had an interesting spin of a way we could talk about it here, but also... Everyone's already given their take, right? You've seen all the memes, all the tweets, all the everything. Yeah. Have you one... seen any that you really loved? Because I, I have a favorite. Yeah, there's some that have come out. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, you know, it'll be a week old at this point. But I still think people are going to be talking about it. But yeah, there have been some good memes and some good uh, jokes. Uh, there's also been some really bad takes as well about this Um but uh, I don't know. Uh, what's your favorite, Matt? Uh, well, uh, it was from, I think, created by and posted by Sal from the Impractical Jokers. Did you see this one? No, I didn't see this one. Oh, my God. All right. So it's a picture of him and uh, Q and Murr, two of the other Jokers, like on the set of the show. Uh-huh. And, and they're like talking into the microphone like they do on the Impractical Jokers show. Yeah. And it says, now go up on stage and slap Chris Rock in the face. <laughs> Yeah. And then the other picture is is him doing it, and then the third picture is the three of them all falling down laughing like they do like after they the do person the show. Yeah. goes and does the thing. <laughs> I mean, it just that one wow. that one really got me. Um, but wow. yeah, people are funny, and but also, you know, it's making light of a rather sad situation. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I said all these takes that people have. I the only right take right now is that was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy that was crazy. Mo- yeah, crazy it's moment. True. Uh, I mean, uh, my joke was, oh, uh, they get, they're going to have to top this to raise the ratings for next year's yeah. Oscars. But uh, again, why forgive do me if it's a. Uh, why do people me care about the ratings for the Oscars, by the way? It's just an award show. Who cares right. about ratings for an award show? Anyway. For, forgive me if it's if it's controversial, but I mean, people talking about whether or not the joke was right. insensitive, this or that. Isn't it irrelevant? Yeah, I mean, those are the different takes, right? Is some people are saying, you know, violence is not the answer, regardless. Uh, I, right. Well, is yeah. that is that wrong of me to have that take? What do you think? Uh, I think I think that's a fine take to have. I think yeah. I think it's a uh, um, just pretty standard that you should not. If you're upset about a joke, there's probably other ways to handle that rather than get up on stage and do physical violence right that's not it the reminded answer. me of something that would happen like in the schoolyard right yeah you know in school and you know where that's yeah a, I wow know, I would, childish i guess but who are we to sit here and judge right yeah yeah i mean then there's people defending him saying that if he didn't do anything it looked bad and i don't know there's a lot i of think it would have been completely forgotten like you know, look, Beyonce, one of the biggest stars yeah. in the world, performed on the show, and that's forgotten already. So, I mean, I mean, there's know? so many amazing moments from the Oscars right. that were forgotten. You I, know, I wouldn't know because I, I didn't watch it, and I, I generally yeah. never watch the Oscars. I know you get really into it. I love the Oscars. Yeah, I love making. You've had parties in the past. Yep, making uh, ballots. By the way, I did pretty well on most of my ballot, other. Th- then um, I just didn't choose Dune for most of the technical awards, which I probably should have because it was mm-hmm. the favorite. I just 
I don't know. I had feelings about that movie. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I, I've never seen it, but it's ironic I didn't watch the Oscars because guess where I was? Well, were you doing a show? I was not. No, where were you? I was at the movies, watching a movie. Oh, wait, what movie did you see? I think it was called The Lost City. It's the one with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. I haven't seen that one yet. Wow, I'm I surprised you. you've seen a movie I haven't Do seen. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I'll probably see it eventually. There haven't been a ton of comedies out lately, so although this is more of like a adventure comedy, I that's how they're selling comedies these it. days. I was just reading an article about how like the, those big blockbuster comedies of like the '90s and early 2000s are just gone because movies don't put the money in to them anymore. The audiences maybe. Or, you know, I don't know, a little gun shy or like this whole idea of like cancel culture and oh, jokes. maybe I don't know. Uh, but yeah. the only way to get comedy now is these like actor adventure blockbusters that they put out. I don't know. It's very strange. But uh, my question to you based off off right off the heels of the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap is have you said anything on stage that got a mm. negative reaction? Because, I mean, we're, we're a showbiz podcast. We talk about showbiz all the time. But the idea of someone, uh, you know, breaching that fourth wall and coming up and and coming up on stage to, you know, phys- cause physical violence to a performer, like, that's scary. Like, are you worried about what you might say now? Is there any... Uh, you know, any instances from the past that you were worried about something? I mean, do you do anything edgy? What are your takes uh, as yeah, a performer? I mean, I, if I ever did, it would be sort of accidental or certainly yeah. the intent would be poking fun, which mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to get into what Chris Rock's intent was. But right. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I've been in that situation. I've been in situations where people will try to not rush the stage, but come on stage, not not to fight me or anything like that, but for whatever reason. And, I mean, it seems to me like we have better security than the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you it's also, not much, but I think it still is technically better. You also don't have people, like, right on our, like, easy access to a ramp on stage. Like, you have stairs and stuff, and you have people by the stairs, but, like, the way that Dolby Theater was last night, like literally anyone could walk up on stage and see him. Yeah, um, I used to actually have. Did you? Did, you came to the show when we used to have a catwalk that led directly from the second level of the audience into the stage. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't remember that? I remember that. It was yeah. essentially the same thing. It right. was like a walkway, kind of like you would use on AGT to go to the judges' table. It was just like mm-hmm. that. But we got rid of it because people thought that I was crawling through it. When I would appear in the oh, audience. Oh, that's what they thought. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you just got rid of it for, yeah, to close a magical door rather than any practical reason. Yeah, rather than for safety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny, though? Like, it literally, to a lay person, did look like a direct path to, like, from the stage to in the audience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was opaque that you could, in theory, crawl through. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's, so anywho, glad you got yeah, I then. haven't had a situation like that. I I can't imagine you've, I I can't imagine many performers, even those who have done thousands and thousands of shows. I just have never heard of anything quite like this. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing, if you want to talk about like again the the Chris Rock side of the joke, it's like he got instant feedback if a joke he tries bombs, <laughs> right? But the fact that it was targeted, I guess. 
I mean, I, I'm worried about like, you know, is crowd work going to be, you know, people are going to dance around any specifics now or for fear of the audience getting the uh, precedent that they could just jump up on stage and attack someone for something they didn't hear. I feel like that's just a little weird, right? It's it's a sad situation yeah. to me. It yeah. really is. Um, the whole situation is just, yeah, I'm I'm pretty, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not fearful myself. Mm-hmm. Because the odds of it happening are very low, I would think. Gosh, yeah. knock on wood or something. But you know we're going to hear stories, I would imagine, of people now doing this somewhere in the world. Right, right. Probably in the United States. Somewhere, some comedy club, this or that. We may or may not know who the performer is. And we're going to hear stories in the news of this happening. And, of course, it's going to get picked up because because of this, you know. Yeah, I wonder it's, if it's just – if you zoom out, there might be like a bigger – picture of like just kind of like the discourse people have in treating each other in terms of the politics for the last several years and some of the members of congress who are a little uh you know vocal and and uh you know some of their actions and how they treat people stemming i mean i even saw it when i was at universal studios we were in line waiting for ice cream and like a fight almost broke out because one guy thought another guy cut in line and you know, it was just a whole argument. So I feel like, I don't know, there might, there feels like there's a lot of people on edge and there's, there's a little lack of uh, human decency for the other, you know, the other man, you know, man or woman. Right. Uh, but is that where we are as a society right now? Yeah. People got to meditate. Yeah. Chill out. People got to meditate. Now, look, I, I, I mean, are you going to watch Will Smith movies? I'm so glad I caught that movie before the Oscars <laughs> to watch. Are you it. are you gonna are you gonna watch Will Smith movies? That's my question. Might take a while. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I will. Yeah. And and I I don't want to hold a grudge or anything, but I just can't I, I can't get behind something like that. I can only imagine how he feels today. I hope there's some sort of remorse. I mean, I guess he would publicly come forward if there is. But I've said things. I'm not even talking, like. On stage. Getting, yeah. I mean, that was a whole nother level because yeah. there was the verbal obscenity f- following the <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> the the slap heard around the world, right? But like, I've gotten frustrated at things mm-hmm. and like been ashamed of how I reacted, even just like verbally, like oh, I shouldn't have allowed myself to get frustrated by that, right? right? Yeah, and like I'll literally feel that way a minute later. Right. Like, oh, I, I got to take a deep breath here, you know, yeah. or it's sometimes a half hour later, whatever it is. You you, you get frustrated by something. You, you cool down. That's that. But like to reach that level. Oh, my God. I don't know how I would be feeling. I would I would really probably be beating myself up over it. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel for everyone involved. But yeah. I especially I when be, I think we have to be better as humans. Right. Especially on a night that was supposed to be a celebratory night for him winning like his first Oscar, I believe. Right. Uh, I didn't know it was his first. Yeah, and then that's the. I mean, he's been nominated before, so then to have this cloud over that, I mean, he he must feel bad about it. That's what I'm thinking. But it's also interesting from a psychological standpoint of just how we act as human beings and when our emotions get the best of us and we make poor decisions. I think that's what he was trying to kind of rebound in his speech a bit. But, um, I mean, there's some interesting psychological experiments that have uh, found out that a lot of the decisions we make when we are emotional, um, we still stand by those decisions after the emotion has faded uh, just because we've been in a weird emotional state. So I think we have to find tools 
in ourselves of when we get to an emotional state where we're kind of losing control or whatever to like you're saying to find a way to mitigate it whether through deep breaths or meditation or so forth so that we're not making poor decisions in that moment yeah i mean we all saw him laugh at the joke too yeah <laughs> yeah 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 did you see that well i mean but the other thing too and I, everyone's analyzing this and this is not we're not gonna stay on this topic for much longer because again you're not tuning in to hear our take just another moment. 25 minutes on this <laughs> no uh, i know i said right. we're not gonna give our take and then i forced right. us both to give our yeah. take and i feel good about it i actually like where this has gone <laughs> but so uh, just 25 more minutes I know some people have, uh, you know, laugh when they're in uncomfortable positions. So, you know, who knows why he was laughing? But yeah, it did look. Oh, like here he was we go. Here it. we go. No, I'm just saying. I mean, people laugh and, you know, to to avoid confrontation. You're, you're a Smith defender. No, definitely not. <laughs> this, I feel like I. You very, just defended the Smith. Very much. No, I defended the laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As someone who laughs all the time, especially sometimes in uncomfortable situations, I can tell you. <laughs> it's a tough situation. You know what? We'll probably just have to edit all of this out. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know we're not going to. Because but, if anyone uh, has hopefully, any... Hopefully it's not too offensive for people that we're we're giving our real thoughts on this. We feel comfortable enough to do yeah. so. So, yeah. You know. And if you have a problem, just don't rush up on stage and let us know with your hands. No, right to our email. <laughs> Matt, what else is going on? Let's move on from Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah, um, well. We had a short week because I actually, we talked about my cold. My cold got worse and I had to cancel my weekend gigs. That's tough. You never yeah. want to have to do that. But I'm feeling better enough to hit the road again. So like, it's almost like I had the perfect amount of time in between. To be right. able to do these gigs, so right, and it's one of those things is when you're on the go and you're uh, uh keep going. I just saw someone, uh, a friend of mine, post this. It says, "If you don't take time to rest, your body will force you to, <laughs> or choose for you." So mm-hmm. that's sort of I feel like uh, what's happened here. Yeah, and, that's a real thing. Yeah. So, uh, as sad as I was to miss out on Speakeasy Magic this past weekend, uh, everyone was very understanding, and I'll be back at that show sometime soon. Right. Very cool. Glad you're glad you're feeling a little bit better. Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Yeah. Um, I I caught a performance that we will not be posting a link in the description for. You sent me this video and I was uh, uh, shocked to say. Not yeah. as, not as shocking as someone slapping someone across the face, but you were <laughs> you were metaphorically slapped across the face, shall we say? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And look, uh, I don't get too bent out of shape out of these things because uh, you you may recall this is not the first time this has happened, and it, and it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about theft on this show occasionally in in regards to magic and comedy and so on. And I mean, this is just a uh, blatant thievery and it was on, I mean, I'll say the show, it was on India's Got Talent mm-hmm. and a performer uh, beat for beat ripped off uh, one of your one pieces. of my performances yeah. where a borrowed cell phone gets damaged and appears in a seat cushion in the audience and all of its heart and soul was missing. Yeah. Like I, I, I just kind of scrubbed through it, but like, 
Oh, I watched. I the feel whole like thing. the performer didn't even realize why the three cards were picked. The whole purpose of that was to match the seat number. He didn't do that, right? But he had the three cards picked. Well, so so yeah, he took your famous piece from America's Got Talent, where you who, whose phone was it? Was it? It I, was Mel B's. Mel B's phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drop in her like cup. It was Snapple cup or Dunkin'? Yeah, cup they or, have drinks on yeah. on the desk, so it was organic, right? You know, to drop her phone accidentally, quote unquote, into her drink. And then you, you know, in the process of trying to clean and fix the phone, it vanishes and then appears in a seat in Radio City Music Hall. And the seat number is the same cards that you chose. The They add like they sit across and you stab open the seat and you pull out the phone to show it's the same phone. Now, yeah, this performance on India's Got Talent basically followed those exact same beats. But it's what we talk about when there's theft or it's not your own idea uh anyone can just copy someone else but they don't know the reasoning why and it was so clear in this video (laughs) right why you did certain things the way you did Um, right my favorite part of all of it was what i already know what you're gonna say go ahead asked for a bowl of water (laughs) oh yeah like literally just brings out a bowl of water and puts it on the judge's table and then proceeds to accidentally drop the phone <laughs> in the bowl of water. What is happening? And and there was no there was no seat number, right? Not that I know of. No. Not yeah. That I so remember. the whole point of having three cards selected was completely irrelevant. Yeah, I think it was just trying to show that a photo from the phone well why would there be three cards though the whole point of three cards is one judge you know i had one judge each take a card except for mel and we borrow her phone and she takes a i mean it all made sense and it was just like the all of the soul of the performance just got ripped out of it um and here's (laughs) the thing and this is the the interesting part to me is this performer posted this video and tagged me in it right so you would as if to credit me Yes. Yeah, so this is where we get into this idea of like the TikTok, you know, the dances and the, the people sharing those and giving dance credit, as you were saying, DC right. in their tag. But this is a different case than what social media, you know, kind of is is doing. And But it definitely comes from that mentality uh, because he was absolutely he, he was doing it exactly the same way as you'd see a TikTok video where you're crediting someone else. But this right. is a television show. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. And he's just copying something you did on another television show. Right. Uh so it's not like you did your act with the intent of letting p- other people share it, right? Or or be able to copy it, right? Of course, of course not. No. Right. I mean, but it's a little different. I mean, you yeah. and I chatted about this briefly mm-hmm. via text cuz I said you know, people do cover songs yes, and give credit to whoever the artist was that wrote the song or, you know, made the song famous, whatever. Um, but you kind of pointed out, yeah, but, you know, you perform a song on a show like this. It's not just credit. Also, the artist gets paid. Yeah, yeah. There's royalties. you got to clear it. they got to allow right. you to cover it in certain yeah. cases. I mean, it's different than if you're just going to a concert and someone's, like, playing a quick, fun little riff, you know, to get well, the crowd uh, yeah, there. Right. But right. if you're doing it on a television show or, like, you're selling it and making money from that performance specifically, you're, you there's proper channels and lawyers get involved and credit and royalties and 
payment so the original artist gets compensated. But magic is different, and it's not the same infrastructure. It doesn't exist. So I don't really even know. Like, honestly, I just hand, I try to handle it sort of with a sense of humor and uh, understand that, like I said, it's happened before. I had my finale performance from AGT um, done beat for beat via uh, Romania's Gut Talent, just for example. And we've seen other other ripoffs and things in the past like I really don't and it won't be the last time so is there anything that could be done or do we just keep moving forward how would you handle it well that that's the thing you said magic doesn't have those rules but still you you're not just allowed to see something someone else does and take it you know uh, there are proper channels I mean if you publish it in a book and give permission permission to people to perform it that way then that's i feel ethical but again the fact that it was so specific and also exactly the same without right. any spin. but missing why it's yeah. good yeah you're right it's like when someone steals a joke and they don't know why it's funny exactly they very well might tell it wrong exactly or yeah or the, the intent behind it or like the delivery is wrong which was the kind of the case in this situation uh, now as well uh, i i don't know how to come back from something like this i wish there was a way to sort of use it as a teaching moment for well maybe this is this maybe this is me trying to use yeah. it as a teaching moment and say this is not the right way to go about this mm-hmm. um i'm not really upset with the performer per se I, I i believe that he really thinks that this was okay to do yeah he thought it was an homage to you i think i think so otherwise he wouldn't have you know, which made is me tough. aware of it. But yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have tagged you. He wouldn't have yeah. given you the like content credit, essentially, right? On his post. But now, the, go ahead. But the audience watching the show didn't know it was from you, right? Of course. Uh, well, I yeah. You know what? Maybe not. Um, yeah, probably not. I would imagine almost all of them know. It's right? not like he he before the his act on India's Got right. Talent. What this is a piece that from Matt Franco, a magician in the states. Right. You know he's not crediting you live. Even still, right. it's still weird to do. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you the right way to go about this, and I know you already know this, but someone did yeah. this recently. I actually did get a uh, uh, funky message via Instagram saying uh, referencing a. Um, a version of a trick called angle zero that I did using AirPods, And it was my own version. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, quite a different take than, you know, how I'd seen it used in the past. And I did it on access or access Hollywood. I, I think they sure. may have changed the name to access now. Anyway, um, I did it a couple of years ago uh, on, on that show. This performer had seen it said, Matt, I, 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 I like this and wanted to do something similar inspired by this or, or work on it and do it not mm-hmm. on TV, but in my live show um, shot on camera and put up for live feed. And uh, I said, go for it. Yeah. You never know if you don't ask. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, but that's the way you do it. If you reach out and you're like, Oh, I like this idea. You know, I think, think what you did was smart. You, you can always ask. And the answer might be yes. But also, if the right. answer is no, you should respect that no. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and we've all done it ourselves on the other side of that coin, too. We've mm-hmm. reached out to performers and said, even if it's something that is published, 
there are times when it just feels right to say, hey, by the way, this is a TV thing. Are you cool with me doing this on there? Yeah. And I've I, done that a, a number of times, as of you. I have done that a bunch as well. Even for like a small little subtlety, I would just mm-hmm. be like, hey, can I use this? Is it a cool? And oftentimes it's like, again, I mentioned this for um, on AGT. I used a small subtlety from Banachek, mm-hmm. who's uh, you know one of my mentors. Reached out to him. I go, is it cool if I use this? He goes, yeah, it was published in a book, so it's fair for you to of use. Of course. But it says a lot that you asked. And I think that's what I'd rather be is in that, you know, respectful vibe from in, in you know, viewed in a respectful light of that performer who I respect rather than just take something for granted and be like, oh, I have the right to just use this. You know, I'd rather Absolutely. double check for sure. Um, coming up in a week or so, April 9th, uh, will be uh, an episode of Celebrity Sleepover. And I did a um, I worked on a presentation for a great trick by Josh J. Uh, and although I had my own presentation for it, I still I still just felt right saying, hey, are you cool with this? You yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, naturally said go for it and all of that. But it just it just feels better in the small magic world. If you're able to um, get someone's blessing or ask for permission, I mean, particularly if it's not published yeah you don't have permission right <laughs> right yeah. unless you explicitly ask and receive yeah. it um right, right, right so right. anyway i don't know hopefully this can be a learning moment for someone I, I don't think this person had necessarily bad intentions but the outcome was um fairly fairly sad to see anyway. yeah and it just seems like there's this i don't know idea that it's acceptable because it happens on all these i've seen other got talent shows take other got talent shows acts and do the same thing and it's like no just because it was done on another show doesn't mean (laughs) that you can just do it it's not your right to just copy it because it worked for someone else like we find something creative for you to do yeah yeah and a lot of times you know in the instance of the romania's got talent it was very clear that like everyone was complicit it was really it was even they used the same shots and angles like clearly the, <laughs> the director just... and or producers were were privy to it mm-hmm. you know not really being theirs to take but um i don't think that everyone really knows the rules in magic and maybe we need to do a better job of you know as a whole as a community of sort of creating them and governing them i don't know but it's um i don't yeah. know how to solve that I think there's a culture of um, magicians who, again, take, they read a book, they see the pattern, they know that it's there for them, and then they can just copy the pattern and the trick and go and perform it, which is allowable because people do publish that stuff for people to do. But then they take that a step further, and then when they see a performance, they're like, oh, this is also for me to take, and I don't know how to get past that leap that they're making that's not the right leap right right yeah (laughs) yeah and there's another gray area too because you have so many instructional videos in magic where Mm -hmm. it's like so you go from you know you read the pattern in the book or in the method and you and you can do the pattern and that's fine kind of the same thing if someone releases a uh back in the day it was vhs or dvd now it's downloads and there's a performance Mm -hmm. and uh a teaching session you're kind of okay to do the performance in most of those circumstances. But then now there's a leap between watching performances that are not part of that right. uh, educational 
download and you're watch now you're watching other performers just doing their act and thinking oh i could take this you know or yeah or someone like reverse engineer something that they see in an act and they're like well i know right. how it works now so now i can do it you know that way it's like right. no that i think getting past that i think that's such a dated and old way and i guess some people learn it that way and magic but i there's there's definitely a, a newer generation that's understanding that even if you see a presentation even if it's in a download video stream or book like it's not good if you're a performer to just take it as is like you have to add your own twist your own element you got to add yourself to it to make it unique to you and i see i'm inspired by the you know a lot of people that do do that in this art form and they instantly rise to the top over all the other magic hobbyists or so forth who are just copying things verbatim because again there is that inauthenticity to it because you know mm -hmm. it's not theirs or it doesn't resonate with them or they don't know the reasoning behind holding right. up three cards. So I think the default for a lot of a lot of the especially the younger generation or the people that I see that are I'm really enjoying watching perform, they're doing that automatically of adding their own element and not just taking things. So I think we just as a larger community, those who have who are still stuck in that old mindset of like I could just see something and do it is just so we're so beyond that let's get beyond that yeah now there's a b before we jump into riddles and trivia there's one last thing on this mm -hmm. um i've seen on an instagram account the nothing experiment our friend kaylin morelli took take an aggressive stance in the past on on crediting and social media so for example he wants people if they perform something not just of his but of anyone's let's say you buy the latest flap card from penguin magic or whatever and you perform it, he believes that you should put credit in the description somewhere. That's an aggressive approach, but I kind of like what he's saying, although I don't necessarily always do it because I don't think it's always the right move. But I kind of, at the same time, like the idea if everyone had to subscribe to that too. So what do you think about that? Is that is that too far? Would that solve anything? What do you think? Y yes and no. I mean, I like the sentiment behind it because... Uh, yeah, exactly. I agree. The There's... Um, because we've talked about there's creators in the magic world, there's performers in the magic world, sometimes there's both that cross over. So to credit the creator is almost like, uh, to tie this back to the Oscars, like the screenwriter versus the director versus best picture. So giving those people individual credit for the, the contribution to the performance uh, does sound nice to me. I think it gets a little murky when you're using techniques that build off of other techniques that build off of other techniques, which that, is always the case, which is always the case. And, you know, some things that have gone on and there's, you know, for a long time, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like kind of like assumed <laughs> knowledge in the magic community. Right. Which, which I also think is a misnomer and should be corrected. And we should find out who credited these things that are just assumed to be, you know, known uh, right. in our community. But, because um, also, as someone who, I constantly went to um, the legendary mentalist Max Maven, who had a knowledge, a vast knowledge, he still does, of just crediting everything. He knows every where everything comes from. And some a lot of people go to Max to figure out, you know, where does the origin of this come from and so forth. And luckily there's online resources like the Conjuring Arts Library now that you can look up, you know, anything and try and track the origin of it. But 
uh, a lot of the times when something was just assumed in the mentalism world, it turned out it was actually invented by Max, which right. is also another crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to give the people the right credit, I think, is great. Do you need to do it in every performance, though? I think that would, you know, get wild. It would be interesting if there was, like, a program with show notes yeah. <laughs> to, like, credit something. Right. But I think, to your point, if you're doing it in, like, an Insta- Instagram video or TikTok video and it is, like, a marketed product that's out right now <laughs> that people right. can get, maybe it is a good idea to credit the person who actually came up with it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean – it's interesting though. Let's say it's, uh, I mean, you could be most of, most of the people watching that video that that video reaches are not magicians though. Yeah. So should they just be a click away from purchasing it or finding out the method or yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the question. Um, maybe how many are actually going to follow up though? <laughs> that's the other thing. Who has Probably the time. very few. Yeah. I think only the people that might be interested in magic will will actually solve it. It's kind of like uh, Penn and Teller fool us when Penn gives just enough information so anyone who really wants to find out can Google the, the, the hey, keywords. Look, sometimes his words are so coded, I don't even know what the heck yeah. he's talking about. <laughs> or sometimes they're so blatant he just says the method. <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. All right, buddy, let's do this. Yeah, so you want to switch gears to Diddle Me This? You got it. Let's do it. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Um, all right, Matt, here we go. No matter how little or how much you use me, you change me every month. What am I? Hmm... No matter how little or how much you use me, you change me every month. Yes. Okay, I think I got this. I think the the answer is right there in the question. It might be. It might be. It is. It is. (laughs) What do you got? What do you think? I think it's a page. A page? Of a calendar. (laughs) You you psyched me out a little bit because I was like, a a page? A, A page of what? A calendar. A calendar is correct. <laughs> that is it. Well done. Mm-hmm. You nailed that. Thank you, sir. It's time for trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. I am ready whenever you are, Matt, for our trivia and i'm not just stalling while you pull it up what are you doing no i was stalling you were stalling oh (laughs) uh i have magic trivia once again okay great what magician was known as quote the man who fooled houdini end quote i think i know this okay so uh this was sort of a legend uh that uh there was one card trick i believe that fooled houdini um i'm trying to remember if i know what the card trick was it's something about like a card that he like placed maybe in the deck and then it kept appearing at the top of the deck which is called like sort of like an ambitious card literally yes is it (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna say this is the professor himself dave vernon 
That is correct, sir. Yay. And if you go to the Magic Castle, you can sit in that little corner with the picture of Dave Vernon there. Very and, true. Uh, and kind of feel the vibes and hear all the legends of how uh, he was throughout the castle days. Didn't even need the choices. No, were there choices? What were the choices? Uh, Vernon and Ed Marlowe and Ricky Jay and one more that I don't remember. Yeah. 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 Were you uh are you more of a Vernon guy, a Marlowe guy? Isn't that a topic where Oh know? yeah, there's definitely a <laughs> debate there. Tell me I know very little about the debate, but what is the debate? Uh, <laughs> 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 um you know, some it's, it's very simple. I mean, some people kind of come from the Marlowe school, Ed Marlowe school of mm-hmm. flight of fan and card magic, and other people come from the Divernon school. And there seems to be like a clash of the fists in terms of like, which was better. So for example, like, you know, uh, Divernon published a move called um, the depth illusion. And then Ed Marlowe like later published it apparently as the lift. Oh. And, uh, and so there's like, debate over like this one claiming this was his move and that move back to theft again it all ties in right or independent creation or independent creation and um yeah it's an interesting sort of thing between the two of them because they're not necessarily from exactly the same time they were alive at the same time and certainly were in the same room together Mm -hmm. at times but divernon was older gotcha yeah yeah um so anyway, a lot of people learn from Vernon and a lot of people learn from Marlowe and people tend to say, like, my my hero is better than yours. Gotcha. Um, I study both schools. I mean, Johnny Thompson lived with and and learned a lot from Charlie Miller, who was a Vernon friend and student and so on. Um, and Bill Malone studied under Ed Marlowe in person for over a decade in Chicago. So, uh, you know, I've. I feel, I really feel like I've been able I was able to get the best of both worlds and and you know learning from some of my own heroes that learn directly from from the two of them. But yeah, I mean I have books I have both of their books. So are you more of a Marlowe or Vernon person? Not, <laughs> neither. Neither. Gonna, you're not going to pick a side in the debate. <laughs> no, to me it's almost like they're totally different. Yeah. To be honest with you, like I could tell you just by reading it I uh-huh. could tell you who whose material it is because the style to me just feels totally different. And maybe it's just the writing style, right. <laughs> but I could tell you who's is who's just yeah. by, you know, a paragraph, I think. Now, were they, they were both sort of in the gambling world a bit or no? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh tangentially, am I saying that right? Related. Tan- tangentially related. Tangentially related. T-shirt we'll eventually make. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because each of them are tracking down gamblers and trying to, you know, reading Erdnays and trying to learn bottom deals and second deals and those mm-hmm. things are sort of all connected. But um, both are just both both were I don't mean just magicians, but both were really magicians and yeah. and not professional magicians at that, but hobbyists that, you know, published more magic than yeah anyone else. And their impact on the art form was you know huge obviously vast. But I, I think I read a book a while, like when I was much younger, maybe it was Vernon was like on the quest to seek out the middle deal. And yeah, like was, center deal. That's Yeah, correct. the center deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just find it fascinating that they were trying to use techniques that gamblers and cheats were using, but then to figure out how to do them so naturally so that they could do it in a magical setting rather than a, you know, 
when you're in a gambling situation and the stakes are high and it's like life or death could be, you know? Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's Yeah, I mean, I study gambling techniques to this day and I don't have an interest in gambling. It's very similar uh, to, you know, the spiritualist movement where all these psychic mediums were using techniques and uh, Houdini was famous for debunking a lot of them, but there was, mm-hmm. you know mentalists who were trying to figure out some of these techniques to use in their entertainment performances done more in an ethical way um you know kind mm-hmm. of you know uh you know i think it's you know burt reese in figuring out you know different billet work and so forth uh based off of you know things that mediums were doing so that's uh, that's interesting to to seek out kind of what the representation is supposed to look like and then figure out a way to use it and then apply it it's almost since we're on the topic of theft it's uh it's steal like an artist right is like steal like an artist that's a book have you read that yeah yeah it's yeah, a book yeah. but basically it's to pull ideas from multiple sources rather than one specific person because mm-hmm. then all of that is informing you as an artist so that it inspires and you become an amalgamation of all of those ideas that you're thinking about rather than being like, I saw Matt Franco rip open a seat and I'm going to take that. Right, right. It's a little too pinpointed. <laughs> yeah, it is. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, here's a request that happens quite often. I want to know how you deal with it because I have my own answer to this and I think it's just uh, and another educational moment. But do you ever get people who are like, hey, Matt, come to Houston. Or, hey, Matt, come to Minneapolis. Of course. How do you respond to such fans that want to see you? It comes from a nice place. And I like getting those type of things. But sometimes you're like, can't really do much to get out there. (laughs) So what, Um, what do you say to fans who want you to go on tour to get to come to their city if they can't, say, come to Vegas? Which i assuming in your case they know you're in Vegas. The truth. Yeah. Hope to make it out there someday. Right. Will you? Yeah. Well, here's the tricky part because I don't do a lot of public shows, right? Right. I do most, uh, you know, some gigs here and there in the city, but I don't like do big theaters, sell tickets, so forth. I'm usually booked for a specific event at a college or corporation for, you know, an awards banquet, whatnot. So when I go on, quote, tour, it's really just me getting to gigs, right? <laughs> And ideally, a nice tour would route those so that those gigs are near each other. But oftentimes, a lot of these clients are like, I have a specific date in mind. Mm-hmm. I need you then. And we don't care if we're going to get a discounted rate to help your right. routing. We, we, we don't just, care about saving on travel. Yeah. We just need you on this date. We just need you that. on that date. So my tours are often one-nighters flying across the country left and right. And I'd love to get to some of these places that people are like, can you come here or come there? But that requires, I don't know, some sort of venue to reach out to book me for that, I think. And I think people don't realize. I think people think with a tour, you're planning your route and what cities to hit, which isn't really the case in this specific situation. Right. Um, if I was doing like a large theater tour, yeah, I'd try to like make sure I'm hitting in some of the major <laughs> cities across the country. But I think... If you want to try and get a performer out there, you got a good a good idea is to to speak to a venue nearby, 
see if they do those types of performances, see who how they book them, right? Gosh, I, I can't imagine this is even a realistic thing that like, like if I wanted a certain performer to come to the Smith Center here in Vegas, or, which is like a local, I don't know how to explain it. It's a theater that's yeah. not on the strip that has right, right, all right. sorts of different tours come through, big and small. I just can't imagine me trying to like finagle my way into, especially <laughs> maybe just not, as a person. Maybe not a big enough theater like that, but if mm-hmm. you have a small, if, if if there is an opportunity of a small, small theater. Like a black box theater where they do yeah. improv. But even then you got to sure. get to somebody who has the power. I agree. Yeah. But I think there's two ways to do it. If there's a big enough demand or if you at least make yourself known to whoever that there's interest, that could put an ear in the worm of whoever Ear in the worm? A worm in the ear. Oh. Ear in the worm. Episode title of 91, baby. <laughs> Man, I am I am tired. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it puts an inkling into the idea of the booker of maybe this is something that people might come out to, especially if a lot of people are contacting them and like, like oh, we want to see more magic. We want to see more magic in this town. Well, it's like call, right. the old days calling the radio station saying, oh, can you play this song by so-and-so? Calling the local radio station. That was a thing 25, 30 years ago. Right, exactly. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's one way to do it. Two is to, if you can get yourself, some of these are locally run, if you could get yourself into a position where you are the booker. You that's know. a whole different story that's yeah. a whole different then you're story. the power mm-hmm. or just even contacting like comedy clubs or whatever i know i have friends of mine who try to get like little meet and greets together and they'll contact a, a venue just because they happen to be there but they also need enough people that they know are going to come out because otherwise it doesn't make sense monetarily for a the performer to come out if they're not going to be able to sell tickets or make any money back or be the venue. Why would they open up if you know no one's going to be showing up to this thing? Uh, because at least you know they want to be able to sell drinks or find some sort of reason to make it profitable for them. Uh, so I think I think it's just building up the community and the interest first, and then seeing how you can almost weaponize that to get that interest. This sounds like a full time job. It's a lot of work. It's a this lot of work. This is why publicists, agents, promoters mm-hmm. exist. That's if why, you, yeah. When you've yeah. done a tour, you've you've all been booked through a tour manager. Can you talk about that process at all, or you're just told where to go and you just show up? <laughs> um. Yeah. So a tour manager is literally. So what a tour manager is is a person who manages the tour physically is on the road with the mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a band or, or a magician, whatever, a tour manager is the one who interfaces with the venue, advances the show, gets there, makes sure everything's in order, and just kind of manages the tour. And if it's a big, big show like uh, Aerosmith, they'll have a team of tour managers. There'll be a tour manager who's the accountant. There'll be a tour manager who does catering. I mean, they'll literally have several tour managers. Um, lots of shows at small theaters have, have a tour manager, one or two. Um and then that's not really who necessarily books the show. That'll be done through an agent where they'll go to their promoters in different cities and say, what kind of offers can we get um, in this city or that city? The offers come in, they route the tour, and and you know it's usually booked through an agent or a manager, I would say. But a tour right. manager is sort of a separate thing. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. They might be very much involved in the process too, um, but tour manager is like sort of reserved. It's a term reserved for the person who, like, like Stuart, for example, who you've yes. met. Who you know, I should say, uh, who kind of handles things, boots on the ground, and is actually physically there. Right. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. 
I think the answer to this is right back to the very beginning. Yeah. Honesty. Hope yeah. I get to make it there someday. And I think that is true because <laughs> we do want to go and perform for the people who want to see us. It's, it's very true. However, yeah. I, I will say there has been a big boom of magic theaters that have been popping up across true. the country. And a lot of times they're either magicians that are involved in it or just people who are magic fans that took the initiative to start some of these venues. And I think some of them started it just so they could book the acts they wanted to see to come to their town. So if you have the means to do that, that is definitely an option. But if I know a lot of people don't have the means to open up their own theater. Right. Um, so um, perhaps if that is something you're passionate about it and you're willing to put in the work, like contacting a local comedy club or a local venue that might be open to like maybe a magic night every Monday of the week or every month and having sort of like a magic series uh, there. So you can try and fr try and find some solution and then obviously they might not know which magic acts to book. So then you're the one who brought them the idea. You can have a, a, a worm in there. <laughs> I almost said it again to, <laughs> to book the, uh, to the acts that you think are good for you to see and that are great for your community to see. So Yeah, and you've been doing this a long time. I mean, you 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 planned lots of shows where you used to bring in friends to perform and all that sort of thing back in uh Massachusetts and so on, so. Yeah. Uh it's a, it is a, it is a doable thing if you're if you're passionate about it, but it, I'm sure it's a lot of work. It it can be a lot of work and then you got to promote it, you got to sell tickets. Um some people want to seek guarantees. Some performers want a monetary guarantee, right? right. To make right. at least this much and then maybe do a door deal to split mm -hmm. any any other additional tickets sold. Um, so you, you gotta, it's, it's, it's anything with investing, right? And that's why showbiz is such a volatile investment opportunity sometimes because you don't know if you're going to make money back and some people put the money up and see what happens and like any but, investment. Yeah, exactly. So I think, uh, I think those are, those are the strategies, but if you are being like, Hey, when are you coming to Florida or where, when are you coming to so forth? Keep your eyes peeled for when we just happen to be in that area, and hopefully it's a public show. Otherwise, you know, you might have to put a little bit more initiative if you if you can't wait and you want to, yeah. you know, some some point. You can always be the person who books because we'll go to those gigs when when we're booked, <laughs> right? I think that's. I think is that, that a, sounds is about that, right. Is that a blunt but also you know, impassionate way of saying it? Yeah, I I think <laughs> I think it makes sense. I just don't know I would even be able to do it if I were that yeah. person. Yeah. It is but tough. Anything's possible. Anything is possible, man. <laughs> um you said you were tired earlier and like that shocked me cuz I I thought you should be warmed up because of what you did but, but then you told me you <laughs> napped in between but can we just I give did. a mention to what you were doing earlier before yeah, it's either going to be coming out um the Sunday after this episode comes out or maybe the following Sunday. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll post about it. But uh, I just recorded a little bit uh, with the Successful Mentalists podcast with uh, Aiden uh, and Ashley, who are the hosts there. And uh, I had a good time chatting with them and talking about kind of the business side of, of mentalism. Um, so check out the Successful Mentalist podcast. Did you guys talk about the sequel of G.I. Jane or anything like that? No, we didn't get into the Oscars. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even before? No, we, we talk about what happened the, the, the week before on this podcast. I think they kind of 
you know, do batch episodes where they put them out when they need to. <laughs> the week before? What do you mean? We talk about the previous week on this pan- podcast a lot. Like we're to- oh, oh. we're kind of topical, me and you, because we. Talk oh, are about, we? Yeah, we are a little bit. topical. Yeah, we talk about yeah. events that happened this past week, and yeah, I guess we do that sometimes. They're not always evergreen. Yeah, and then we uh, and then we chat about other things. Why am I explaining the podcast to you, Matt? It's ninety-one episodes. I mean, especially <laughs> at the end of it. Now we're telling people what it is. I mean, if you made it this far, you know what it is. We appreciate you being here. You know that right now we talk about goals, and I generally don't have one. Right? I mean, yeah, that's where we're, we're gonna, at now. We're gonna jump into goals. Your goal for last week was continue continuation of working on one new effect. Uh, not, not one, no. Not 12 dozen. No, a d- one dozen. One dozen. Are you ever going to get this right? Nope. Because <laughs> I want you to change the goal. <laughs> not 12 dozen, not one, one dozen. And I did it, by the way. Oh, yeah? Oh, I'm still, I'm good. I'm burning the midnight oil, as they say. Working on this. That's good. That's good. Yes. So what's your goal for next week? To continue burning <laughs> the midnight oil. No, this is, the, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I'm really working on it. To burn the midnight oil. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm putting that in our document. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, my goal was to rest and get better, and uh, I have been doing that. So I Great am, uh, job, buddy. Great, great job. I know. I know. I'm ready to hit the road again, do some more and shows. And for this uh, coming week, week and a half, until we see each other again on Zoom? I am going to try and get through my busy traveling schedule. And uh, I've got a. <laughs> you, you don't think that's a good enough goal? You what can tell by mean? my facial expression. I'm so just not impressed. Coming from someone who had a real not great goal, I still am not impressed. <laughs> um, I'll, how about this? Uh, I'm gonna be going to a booking convention, so I want to make some good contacts and connections. Yes, now we're clients. talking. I'm gonna write that and connections. Perfect. Uh, what about plugs, Matt? Tell us your plugs. No, I don't have my hair is all natural. Once again, you did that joke last week. <laughs> I know I did. That's why I said once again. <laughs> we gotta have a different word than plugs. Um, yeah, come out to Vegas if you if you're here already. Then certainly, Magic Reinvented Nightly at the Link Hotel and Experience. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, next couple of weeks in a row, I think the 9th of April and the 16th of April will be my episodes of Celebrity Sleepover. Uh, on NBC uh, after SNL, but also available next day on Peacock. Especially if you want to see Matt wearing pajamas. That's right. I did wear pajamas on the show, which is a really funny thing to do, by the way, in the middle of the day when it's like clearly (laughs) 2 p.m., yet everyone's just pretending we're having a sleepover. It's kind of a funny thing to shoot. That is funny. Well, if you take a nap in the middle of the day like me, it's not that weird. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I'm true. Hey, you know what's funny is like because of COVID, back when I shot it, every, all the TV shows now. I've told you a little bit of this before, but um, they say come camera ready, and I had to fly yeah. in. I was like, I'm a hundred percent not wearing pajamas on the plane and coming camera ready. I do need to change when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Look, I'm not a diva or anything like that, but this is this is one yeah. instance where I, I, I'm not coming in camera ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can check me out at ericdittleman.com if you want to book me for shows that I will travel to. Uh, but also, <laughs> if you want to start your own theater, <laughs> yeah. And also, I will be um, I'll be performing at Scoop Fest. So visit scoopfest.com. Our friends at the Ice Cream Social Podcast 
uh, are putting on a festival that'll be now fun. is that that's in Vegas, but do they stream that out at all or no? That I performance? I think you got to be there. I think you got to be, be there. there. Okay. I'm not not all right, 100%. Well, you can see both of us in Vegas at the end of April. Exactly. So uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you want to write us, you can visit us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. There's a podcast, not just pod. Oh, we did so I say close. pod? Yeah, yeah. And you didn't correct me until just now? Yeah, I had to look at it too. Uh, but you say it every time. <laughs> and you can go to mindovermagicpodcast.com to uh, find that email uh, and hit us up <laughs> at the socials at mindmagicpod. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Good night, everyone. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>